The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Uh, we got a cup of coffee in here, please. I want to fact-check that. I don't know if there's coffee in the world. Fact-check the coffee. Coffee fact-check. Coffee check. Check. Give me the... No, I don't want to check. Bring the check to the other person. I'm not paying. Fact-check. Fact-check. Give me the... Give me the... Give me the... Fact-check. 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 Damn good coffee. And hot. Yeah. Wake up, America. You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's a big day today. Big day. Big day. Yesterday was a small day. Medium size. Today's a big day. Big day. I really and the day before, and tomorrow probably, if there is tomorrow, it might not be. Oh, oh, good morning, good morning, uh, is, is anybody out there? Good morning, it is, uh, what is it, is Wednesday? It feels like a Wednesday, I feel like I'm getting humped, so it must be a hump day. Uh, Wednesday, October 18th. 2023 that's that's correct yes yes that's correct um beautiful day here call head call man has done a video for me i've been trying to uh extract from a twitter dm for about a half hour can't figure out a way to do it i downloaded all sorts of extensions that were supposed to help me do it nothing works nothing works it's only a uh what is it 20 second video it would have been worth a chuckle but I can't get it for you. I'm sorry about that. But we do have Eddie Mann on the show today. Eddie Mann is literally bringing the kumbaya. Eddie Mann is a musician from Philly. And uh, nice music. Very nice music. Uh, very happy music. And literally, kumbaya. It's not, you know... If that's your cup of tea, but we explicitly put in explicitly, explicitly put in the intro about the hate mail and the kumbaya. We get enough hate mail daily. It's been a while since we've had the kumbaya, but today we're gonna hear a little shine a little. This little I'm gonna about kumbaya, hallelujah, blah blah blah. Which uh, not to um, denigrate the guy. I like his music. Again, it's happy music. I don't know how you write happy music. I'm. I guess you have to be a happy person. You have to be. And I think to be a happy person. Well, I mean, literally a kumbaya. This little light. I'm gonna let it shine. Um, 
you really, I don't know whether you got to be on some kind of medication, mushrooms. I don't know what it is. With everything that's going on in the world today, how you can walk around being kumbaya and hallelujah and happy and seems to be very much uh, on the God side of things. And I don't know. I'm not saying there's no God. I'm not going to say that. I don't know. But if there is, whoever that is, I have to be like, just like a kid, like destroying stuff for pleasure. Because you look at what's going on in the world today, we are a clusterfuck of misery and just harsh inhumanity to uh humanity to mankind uh, and it's it's everywhere uh so we'll, we'll find out about how you how you maintain this uh optimistic and kumbaya attitude in a world full of misery and pain and just man's inhumanity to man that kind of stuff speaking of man uh as i mentioned carl man has got this beard going on now uh he goes away for a couple of days and all of a sudden he's got this big zz top beard going on uh and i'm i regret that i can't play his video he's talking about islamic jihad in the video um and he's being a little silly like call it is but uh makes some good points about it now you never hear about a hindu jihad you just don't or buddhist jihad Although Vietnam was kind of a Buddhist jihad, believe it or not. Um, but nobody ever mentions it in those terms. Anyway, uh, yesterday I played at a nursing home and uh, incited a bit of a little brawl between two old men. Old men. I, if, you, if I say in their 90s, you know they're in their old they're old men. They're in their 90s. Two men in their 90s, probably 92, 95, somewhere in that range, in wheelchairs, duking it out over the music I was playing. Uh, they were excited. Now, when you're in a wheelchair, you kind of dance like this. <laughs> and they were doing that. And one guy hit another guy with his fist, and all of a sudden, fisticuffs ensued. Now, no... Uh, serious injuries were incurred and you can imagine how hard can you hit when you're 92 years old or 95 years old and sitting so there's that I mean but there were fistica and the poor nurses aides had to get in the middle of it I felt like this is a uh, forecast of my future I could see myself being in one of these uh, facilities and some dude like me comes in to play music and just starts rocking out a little too hard. And before you know it, somebody, one of the other residents doesn't like the way I'm getting into it, doing the deadhead boogie, and we're brawling. Um, so that was an interesting thing yesterday. Today I have to go do an interview. And I'm not looking forward for it, uh, to it. Um going to be interviewing about uh, my congressional campaign. As you know, I am running for Congress in New York 3 in 2024. It's a long way away. We haven't even hit election day this year, so it's a year and two weeks away. Uh, 
I'm not really looking forward to, to answering questions about the issues, all the issues that people might be concerned. I definitely don't want to talk about uh, what's going on in the Middle East because I don't have any answers. I, my answers are this. If you believe that God created all humans and that he's on, he wants them to have war and destroy each other and he's taking sides in it, you're a special kind of stupid. Uh, I don't know. I, again, I'll come back to I don't know anything about God. I don't know anything about creation. I don't know about anything about any of these things. But I do know any any being that is capable of creating the universe would not be that kind of stupid to just create it and watch watch people destroy themselves for believing God is on our side. God's on our side. God's on everybody's side. He's not for the side of blowing up hospitals. And, and you know, oh, yeah, he killed some more kids for me. For me. Oh. I mean, that's teenage uh, infatuation kind of, oh, he did it for me. I uh, Yeah, he robbed a bank for me. He killed somebody for me. He blew up babies for me. It's ridiculous. One last thing I want to talk about before we go uh, bringing the boys in and uh, getting the party started here on a Wednesday, on a hump day. Scientists have discovered a mysterious blinking light in space that has been blinking for 35 years, every 21 minutes, and it doesn't fit. There are blinking lights in the sky that they've identified, but it doesn't fit any of the patterns of the other blinking lights. It started 35 years ago. Here's where it gets really weird for me personally. 35 years ago, I was doing a radio show on YG, 1440 AM in Babylon, New York. Babylon, sitting tall and proud. Um, I was my little Warren Green uh, imitation. You wouldn't know. Uh, one of my guests was Paul from Ooh. That was, the, according to Paul, he was from planet Ooh. <laughs> that was the name of his planet. It's not a actual name. It's just a sound. I hope I got that note right, or he's going to be very upset with me. Anyway, I was just being silly, like I always do, when I asked Paul to show me some proof that planet Ooh even exists. Now, he at... This is it's so weird, man, because this is the kind of stuff that would make you a believer if you weren't a believer, if you were willing and wanting, if you were like Mulder, I want to believe. He told me that his planet was fifteen thousand light years from Earth. And as the way he was gonna prove to me that the planet was gonna exist, he was gonna send a signal to them to strobe periodically send us a, a blinking light this is 35 years ago send us a periodic blinking light to let us know they exist last year uh let me let me get get to the bottom uh since 1988 which is when the show was the object known as gpm j1839 
Dash 10 has been blinking every 21 minutes. Scientists have no idea what the flashing light is in outer space, and it is not uh, not usual. Uh, flashing lights are not usual, but this one doesn't fit any of the normal patterns. Uh, so it's it's been blinking every 21 minutes since Paul Paul gave him the okay to send us a signal. I'm not saying that's that's what happened, but the timing lines up absolutely perfectly, and it's just baffling, and nobody knows what it is. Um, the study was discovered. The object began in January 22 when it discovered, but the team found a long-period magnetar that occurred uh, the skies for some time similar stumbled across GPM J1839-10. It also produced long-lasting radio waves, uh, five times longer than the original magnetar. What was even more shocking is that there was observations of a blinking that dated back 35 years. Uh, the discovery of the blinking light, that is 15,000 light years from Earth. <laughs> has been flashing uh, for three and a half decades every 21 minutes. Assuming it's a magnetar, it shouldn't be possible for this object to produce radio waves, uh, said Hurley Walker. Uh, we're seeing them. So I don't know, make of that what you will. I expect a call from NASA today uh, telling me that men in black are coming to visit me again. Uh, the boys are in the back. It looks like GD is burying somebody. Uh, what's that? What what the hell's going on there? And uh, it also looks like Willie is just waking up. For, he's not all pumped up like he usually is. Uh, Good morning, Willie. Like Willie Good morning. And I've got an eye on you. Call, yeah. call, call man is there. Show him your beard, Mr. Man. Ooh, it's, hello. It says call it, call man there. You can. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have your pass, Mr. Napo. I know how oh, you're listening. Uh, yeah, no, Paul from O is uh, in, is doing. He's up to no good. Paul from O. I feel like I feel like Dean is back on the show. Rest in peace, Dean. By the way, oh, what did Paul look like? Uh, short, dark skin, but not as dark as you. Somewhere between me and you. Uh, okay, about five foot. Just an two. alien then. No, he didn't look alien. He looked like a human. Right, what it's you, a different I'm, alien than the one I met back on Oprah, I'm, like thirty some thirty years ago. Uh, I think you're on to something, man. I'm, I'm, I'm totally. I'm. I think we should try and legitimize. You would. You would think I was. On to <laughs> I might be on something, but I'm not on to something. I will Gee, say that I, I do think mushrooms help with the kumbaya for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that because our guest is, uh, our first guest is in uh, the green room right already. Uh, oh, am I, have I rambled that long? That I, Yeah, it's 15 minutes in. <laughs> I guess I have. Uh, GD, what the hell are you doing? Okay, two things. First of all, uh, I have to, this is an obligation according to the contract. Uh, <laughs> good morning. I don't always drink coffee, but when I do, I get the shit. Mine dog coffee. Uh, what the fuck? Right. Okay, <laughs> now. Okay, so there, that's that. Um, I've been neglecting my chores around the house to be on your show. And my wife says, so, have you been working in the garden? I said, well, yes. And I had been, but inter intermittently. And she says, so when are you going to get the bulbs in the ground? I said, first thing in the morning. This is first thing in the morning. So I'm oh, putting no, her. Oh, no, it's not. First thing in the it morning is... was three hours. Shut up. Hours. 
Shut up. Yeah. What do you know? Yeah. You don't know hey, what my yeah. morning starts. I've been starts. up a couple hours already. Yeah. You don't know. You do not know when my morning starts. I woke up at 8.30 because I didn't get to bed till 4. Oh, what are you yeah. doing up at 4 o'clock in the morning? Well, 4 o'clock would have been first pro- thing in the morning. Uh, I'm, I'm a professional comedian, okay? I was oh, doing that's... what professional comedians do. I, I was saw. You, you, were, you were doing comedy for a couple of very pretty uh, white girls last night. No? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to pretty, because... pretty is um, subjective. Okay. <laughs> no. no. Listen. White is subjective. <laughs> no. Okay. Listen, if you were doing what comedians really do, you would go out, do all your shit, your partying and stuff from the nights, from the shows, whatever, and then do your morning obligations that you have and then go to sleep right. and wake up in car. three in the afternoon like a regular comic. Point the car I, didn't say I, was, the I, didn't, I didn't say I was a good professional comedian. I, I I do it the old man way, okay. Oh, I don't okay, do it the way okay. you young people do it. <laughs> yeah, all right. We are we we are running late. Let me run a commercial, and then we're going to meet our first guest here. Uh, where what commercial do we want to go with here? Let's go with Creative Live because uh, uh, you know what? As a creative person, a, uh, a comedian, and if you're not a good comedian, you want to be a good comedian. Maybe you could take one of the two thousand courses on Creative Live. I'm sure one of them has to be about how to get home from a gig and plant your bulbs. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a 70, 70% uh, discount for uh, our listeners, exclusive uh, discount for our listeners, Coffee with the Dog listeners, and the voiceover will make you, uh, I will stir your loins. As I it's it's right. time to unleash your creative excellence. Dreams won't work if you don't. They never happen overnight, and they rarely follow a straight line. Excellence is a result of the hustle, consistently pushing to do better. And success looks different for everyone. CreativeLive.com charts paths and tailors content for students, but they also encourage independent thinking and exploration. Go outside of your comfort zone. Who knows? You might actually like it. Right now, you can get up to 70% off through this exclusive offer for Coffee with the Dog. CreativeLive.com has site-wide sale for Coffee with the Dog listeners. Save up to 70% off. Go to MindDogTV.com and click on the link on the homepage now. Homepage now. We were at dark way too long with that clip. We got to, we got, it's got to fade back in a little quicker than that. Maybe, maybe we can get the video editor to work on that, tighten it up just a little bit. Anyway, uh, call me. Or you could run it, run the commercial at 3x speed. That way, that little black strip will be one third the length. And then I'll sound like a chipmunk. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not quick enough. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, Anyway, I'm not quick enough to come up with a response for that. I need more Mind Dog Coffee in me to do do that. Uh, Carl Mann just left us. We have another man here, though. We have lots of man. Why did Carl not leave? Man, man. Oh, uh, who knows? Carl's, Carl's acting a little uh, mannish. Uh, he had to feed his beard. Yeah, so it's something yeah. to do with it. You know what? Right, from uh, one man to another. Right. He He's hung up on this um, Islamic jihad idea and he, he i don't know if it's a bit or what but 
Uh, he's got some things to say about Islamic Jihad. I can't, I can't show you the, the clip he sent me because it's it's unextractable from my DM. Anyway, let's get on, let's move on to our first guest, Eddie Man. Eddie Man is a smile for the soul, except my soul, but everybody else's soul. You know, my soul is incapable of smiling. Anyway, he's a combination of cultural and spiritual traditions living in an ever-evolving neighborhood. He's uh, ever comfortable in his hometown Philly roots that speak of peace and brotherly love. Uh, are you, are you, is this resonating with you, Willie, uh, this whole idea of uh, peace and brotherly love. And I mean, Philly is one of the more dangerous cities in the United States. I know. No, that's I, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that with him in just a minute. An award-winning and prolific singer-songwriter. Love his music, by the way. It's just a little happy for me, for a curmudgeon like me. He's moved gracefully through the catalog of 20 diverse albums. I would classify him as a... I, I think it sounds like Christian happy music, but we'll ask him what he... Uh, thanks. Welcome him in, Eddie Man. What the hell is going on with the Eddie Man? Welcome. Hey guys, nice Hello, to hang Eddie. out with you for a little bit this morning. Uh, it's a pleasure yeah. to have you here. Uh, Where to go? Inspiration was. I was listening to your music. Uh, there's you got a lot of different inspirations in there, but I would say all of it comes back to very happy sounding music. How do you maintain that in a world <laughs> full of what I see as just misery and curmudgeonly? man's into inhumanity to man yeah well i think one um, on man <laughs> every 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 it, it, it looking back it's like every third or fourth album tends to come back to faith and uh in between there um there was an album out last year i had a song called it's a cold cold world and it sounds like it would fit better on your playlist yeah. <laughs> than some of the That's real happy stuff. It was a kind of a realistic look uh, at the world through someone's eyes who, who um, I mean, you can't change things in this world until you, until you sit back and look at it and know exactly, uh, uh, to, I was not exactly, to be able to sit back and look and see what's going on. You can't hide right. from the ugliness that's in the world. It's a dark, dark place, uh, regardless of uh, what kind of faith you have. Um, it's a dark world. And yeah. for me, I kind of I, I, I kind of exist in this in this faith area because that's what that's not mine, is it? Is that someone? <laughs> no, it's that's Willie's dog. Okay. Um, from uh, the faith thing is is what has gotten me through most of the darkness in my life. Um, and, faith in uh, what? In God? Faith in, yeah, faith in a God that um, has has strength and has vision and has uh, an ability to um, get me through the day because I can't, I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I, I have, I can, I know what's going on and I know why it's going on and that I have enough strength to get through the day. I've been married for 30 years. I've got two two kids that have grown. Um, I've seen some darkness. So I've had to have something in my life to go to for strength. I don't, you know, a long time ago, I gave up alcohol and I gave up drugs and I gave up the things that I used to go to. I used to turn to like any professional musician. Um, it's there. It's, it's there every night. And you have to find a way to either deal with that or, or let it gnaw away at you and, Fortunately for me, I was able to 
to move on from that kind of a crutch in my late 20s. I don't think uh, the rest of us have. <laughs> I, I, certainly, I certainly, I certainly don't. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that uh, has a has a Bible in my hand and I'm shaking it and threatening people that they're going to hell. That that's not right. that's not who I am, and that's not how I came to an understanding of my faith. Um, What's the point the of having a Bible if you're not going to shake it and threaten people with it? I mean, that's <laughs> that's the whole. That's why it's balanced the way it is. I mean, it's perfectly balanced to shake. And yeah, like you're you, going to hell, boy. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many different ways you can use the Bible. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I, I would be, yeah. I would be, because I thought there was only like two ways: level a table and threaten people. Well, right now it's holding my laptop up at the perfect angle. So uh, <laughs> another way, it is a good another elevator. way. It is a good. See, it, the, the, it's good for elevating things. Well, right. this this conversation is built. It's being held up and supported by the Bible. What can I tell you? Oh wow! Musically, uh, I want to talk about the production that, and you can go to EddieMan.com. Uh, all one word there. Uh, the production value. Um, the song. What what is the song that was? Uh, every little thing, yeah. uh, jazz, Steely Dan, yacht rock, Kenny, uh, Kenny Loggins. That's just that's what I'm hearing. Musical influences in that, and production wise, am I on the right track as far as what your uh, your own impressions of your production? I, I think that's perfect for that particular song. Um, I think my catalog as a whole is really diverse. I, yeah, yeah. I was brought up listening to all different types of music and uh, was given the opportunity to write early on. And uh, in the beginning, I kind of fought it a little bit. Anybody that's creative, I know you guys, it sounds like we have some comedians in the room. Um, we, we tend to force- And Willie, and Willie. And Willie, yeah. And, and Thank we, you. Thank we you. <laughs> They were also musicians, by the way. But uh, awesome. like, uh, like GD talked about his comedy. He never, I didn't say good musicians. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say it was subjective. I think that guy sent his music too. Yeah. Um, but, but I think the tendency sometimes as a creative is to force things into the vision you have, as opposed to allowing the the inspiration to take it where it needs to go, and and we kind of guide it. You know, we're kind of just we're along for the ride if it's if it's any good. Um, I, I try to leave the things that I'm the songs that are totally mine. I tend to leave them at home because they're usually not very good. Um, I need some outside inspiration. I need something that, that's driving it. And if, as long as I don't get in the way, it, they tend to to uh, they tend to do fairly well. They're engaging to people. And uh, I mean, that's all any of us want creatively. We want to we want to get some kind of emotional response from somebody. Right. Right. Um, and and in a world that, you know, kind of numbs us after a while, uh, people need that. Whether yeah. it's what, whatever, whatever the vehicle is, whatever the media is that we use. Let's come back to this line that Willie reacted to. Philly roots of that speak of peace and brotherly love. Well, because what I, I remember the Philadelphia Flyers were anything but peace and love. They were the bullies of uh, Broad Street or whatever they were. Um, and Philly is a very tough, very tough, rugged town. Uh, I yeah. mean, 
So how do you? I know it's the city of brotherly love, but I, I don't think it it definitely walks the talk with, with that idea. No, I think I, I think like most cities, it has its moments, um, but most of the time, it's fighting through uh, the darkness that's everywhere else in the world. Um, I just actually the past year moved out of Philly. <laughs> we just uh, we have uh, we have. Uh, blessed to have a couple homes and uh we just had had bought a home up out of the city because of the fact that my area was just not i wasn't feeling good about it anymore um yeah. right and uh i needed to get away from some of the changes that were happening and uh life is a journey so i needed to journey on up a little north of uh the city proper but um, I mean, I like the brotherly love thing. I I I really uh, I I enjoy doing for other people. I enjoy being there when people are need me for stuff, and um, it's not always pretty. Uh, and uh, but I but I I kind of subscribe to that idea that if we were there for each other more, um, it might be a better world. I don't know. I, I agree with you, and uh, what you got something to add, Willie? You look like you're well, I, well, I had no, two GD. questions, but go well. Yeah, I had two questions for the musical questions. Uh, the first one is uh, when you hear a song in your head or heart, do you have you gotten a point where it is it is beyond your technical capabilities to actually perform it the way you hear it and what you do with it? And the other question is, it sounds like did you have like a Jefferson's theme song you're working on? Want to journey on up, journey on up to the east. No, I saw this. You can answer either one of those or both. It's moving on up, not journey on up. No, his version. His oh, version my, my, is my, journey my. on up. Okay. Yep. I, 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 I would probably, the songwriter in me would want to journey along. You know, I want to journey along this path. I want to move on. So, but, you, but yeah, I, 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 I get that. Um, musically, uh, musically, I've gotten to the point where, um, I have, I have a band and I also work solo. Uh, if I'm on the road a lot, I'm solo these days because I just can't afford to bring the guys with me. Um, but I think that the songs themselves, um, to me, they're a lot like children in the, in, the, in the extent that they're maturing and changing all the time. Um, and, and they're never really, they're never, they, the kids never really reach a point where you go, okay, you're out of the house, you're on your own because inevitably the phone's going to ring or there's a knock at the door and they're back again. And, you know, your job's not finished there. And the songs are kind of like that. They change. Um, somebody came up to me not that long ago and told me, you know, I love this song you do. And but on the second verse, I heard you a couple of weeks ago and you sang this in the second verse. He's telling me I sang a, a line wrong. In, in the <laughs> and I said, I know exactly what line it was. I told them the line. I said, is this the one you're referring to? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, if you listen tonight, it's going to be different again. Yeah. I said, because I, it changes. It changes where I'm at in my journey. Right. It's not um, wrong if the original artist is singing it, because uh, a lot of people do that all the time. I, if I listen to Dylan, he changes his words all the time uh, in live performance. I, that's you know, drugs, though. That's drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he can't remember that's what the choice. words are, bro. <laughs> it's like, it's like right. tangled up in oh, rainbow. I'm not going to get I disagree. I disagree. I think it's done intentionally. 
Uh, that's very funny. Uh, you saw me laughing on the inside, not so much on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But oh, so, are you an optimist? Because uh, earlier, I think you said you change people' behavior or something like that. It's words yeah. to those effects. Are you uh, an optimist that we can facilitate positive change in humanity through music? Because I used to be I, I, when I was in my teens and early twenties, I was of that uh, self delusion that positive music could change the world. I was a John Lennon guy, you know, and yeah, all me I, too. Imagine. Uh, I lost that decades ago and and can't connect to it anymore. Are you a believer? Um, I'm I'm definitely an optimist and uh, probably an idealist. Um, I think if I did not have uh, a faith kind of thing driving me, and I, and I was just reaching and looking around the world for the strength to think that way, I I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be writing some of the things that I'm writing. Um, I just, I, you know, if I can share one, if I can share to one person in a particular moment, what's gotten me through something and, and they can grab a little nugget or something from it to, to ease their pain or whatever it is, or better understand or whatever it is, then that's a, that's a good day. That's a good moment. And that's a, that song has fulfilled a purpose at that moment in right. time. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, you know, I prefer that people left uh, an event feeling better than when they came. Right. Um, I mean, that's, again, you know, you want, you, you want your creativity to get some kind of emotion from somebody and, um, you know, the last thing I want to do is send somebody out in tears and somebody who's just, you know, <laughs> they, they came out to, they came out to get away from the horror of their life. And I, and I just like rain on them for an hour. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's, you've that's, never, you've never done crowd work then. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I've, I've actually driven people out of rooms before that's definitely happened. Oh, <laughs> I want to talk about some of that later on after after we say goodbye to Eddie because yesterday and uh, we'll come back to this really quick. But yesterday I caught uh, Tom Segura and Matt Reif uh, oh, uh, talking about being good people, and uh, they were also talking, you know, talking out of both sides of their mouth. One, I love confrontation. I love to bully my audience. I love to, be- but I don't understand why they don't like me. It's just for no re- no good reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I honestly thought you was gonna like say Eddie man is funnier than Tom Segura. I was gonna break my coffee mug. I was gonna break my coffee mug. <laughs> well, so far he has been. Oh, my, oh man. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I understand that uh, that you know wanting people to to uh, kind of leave feeling happy and, and, and with the positive experience. I mean, that's kind of been the theme of this week because I was I went to a show last uh, Saturday night that I walked away feeling very disenchanted with the experience that I was presented at an entertainment. Uh, so you want people to walk away from that. But how do you how do you make sense? Because uh, your, your most recent song uh, ab- album is Chapel Songs. And that that seems to be a religious type of thing. And a lot of your uh, work seems to be 
bordering on like uh, bordering on a chapel. It, it looks like a religious or or, or uh, evangelical type of message that you're trying to put out there. How do you balance that with all the darkness, especially now? You see people fighting, killing each other in the name of God. How do you balance that that hopeful message? with this uh, tragedy and just meanness in people that we're seeing worldwide. I think that's why the album has changed a little bit. If you go back, the previous album to uh, Chapel Songs was an album called Trio, and it was uh, written really about surviving day by day. Uh, and uh, it, it was not something that would be sung in a church. It was not something that I would deem worshipful. Um, the ideology behind it was scriptural, uh, because that's who I am. I would be lying if I wrote about something else that wouldn't be truthful. Um, Chapel Songs came about because um, I did have a, I served for a period of time as a worship leader at a church. Um, and I, I never wanted to do that. I never asked to do it. Um, I had released an album and a pastor called me, a pastor from a church that I had never attended, never met him called me up. He said, you got 15 minutes on, on a, like a weekday afternoon. I said, sure. And I, and I went, spent three hours with him and left. And I was a worship leader, a paid staff member at this church. And uh, he heard something positive within those songs that um, he, uh, he thought that I was the guy that was going to start a new service at the church. And I, I spent, I don't know, 15, 12, 15 years there as as a as a worship leader on Sunday morning, and um, and obviously I was I had I had already had a career as a musician, a professional musician. I could do that in my sleep. Um, when my kids were young, I took a kind of a little sabbatical from that and and taught, so I could come home each night and hang out with them, and I wanted them to know what I looked like. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, so I I I, I got into this into this church thing. And I was not a spiritual leader. I was used to, you know, if guys didn't perform to the level I expected, I'd fire them. Um, but now I got, <laughs> I got volunteers. These are people who their hearts, right. But they're, you know, their fingers can't find the notes on their instruments. Um, so uh, I, I had to, I had to figure out how that worked. And I, I bruised some souls along the way. Um, and I've apologized to them over the years, but that <laughs> during, during that part period, the, is that part of like the twelve-step program that you have as a that's a twelve that's part of the that's part of the twelve-step program for worship leaders. Yes, yeah. Um, I uh, but they they encouraged me to write from the beginning, so I started writing for the church and and, and writing in the pastor's language. And uh, I had a, a great old hippie pastor from New York that had filtered down into this church. And we got, we got on like really well. And, um, you know, I've got songs that are churches are singing across the world on Sunday morning. And uh, that's a unique, uh, a unique situation. Uh, one that I never expected. Um, one that has changed our whole our whole life, my wife and my my lifestyle has changed from it. Um, but I, I I just think that uh, each song has a each song has a different purpose. Each album has a different purpose for me. I, as I said, Trio was was very focused on people that were coming out of the COVID situation, coming out of that season, and there's songs in there that that deal directly with that. 
And uh, I think the album, that's the album that starts out with this, you know, it's a cold, cold world. It's just a hard look at how dark the world is. Um, you can't change it if you don't see it. Um, but Chapel Songs to me was kind of a return. Uh, I find my own life settling back down again. Um, and I, I found myself sitting back and looking at my life. I have the blessings that I, I call what I have, where I live, two homes. I got a, a home in Melbourne Beach, Florida on a, on a barrier island. It's a beautiful environment. I have this brand new home up in uh, suburbs of uh, uh, up in Pennsylvania. And uh, I don't know that I deserve it much more than other people. Things have fallen the right way. Opportunities have have presented themselves and I've jumped at them. I've always jumped at any opportunity and had a belief that, you know, I was going to be able to handle it. Um, so I just got to a point. It was, you know, a time once again to, to write something for the church. And I wanted to write it in a way where it was really simple. Uh, right. The people who, the people who can't get their fingers to find the notes, I wanted to write music that was really simple that they could play, that they could take into their church or, their group or, or whatever, you know, we use that we throw the word church around a lot and it means different things and religion means a lot of different things. And certainly the, the, the idea of, of someone being a Christian, it's a, it's a ugly term today in a lot of places because of the way people I, have misused yeah. it and called themselves one thing and then acted in a completely different way. Right. Um, but you know, you we're know, broken. So yeah. On the, um, this is all the way back in the 90s on the DC Talk album. In between the songs, they had a little excerpt that said, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who man. profess Jesus with religion. their lips. Yeah. Well, but yeah, they profess man. with their lips and then walk out the door and get on by their lifestyle. That is what the unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Well, I think if you look, if you look at look at look at a platform like Facebook, what it has become is certainly not what anyone envisioned in the beginning. And oh, sure not. Yeah, everything. Yeah, everything, it, it is. It, it, well, actually, I, I beg to differer. It, it was a money making venture, and that's exactly what it is—a money making venture. They never I mean, it was really a way to connect college students. I guess uh, he wanted I, to make money and get laid in the back of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that I'm talking more from the ideological I, I, a viewpoint of it being able to connect people, but it wasn't necessarily. Look at how much negativity and how much darkness and how much it's been misused. And I, for me, almost everything that man has created, man has found a way to misuse, right. has used to be able to use it against their brother or sister. Yeah, and uh, so I, I, religion is no different. Religion is no different. Christianity is no different. I agree. My music, my music sounds this. Which the only thing different between one of my albums and someone else is the lyrical content. And really, right. Christian music is the only one that's that's categorized by its lyrics. Yeah, I, I think Christianity true. is an easy target because. Um, there's so much of that's what we're exposed to in a yeah. uh, Euro-American type of uh, culture. It is a predominant religion, and we see the hypocrisy more. Uh, but if you, uh, I live uh, not too far from a large group of Muslims, and they're just as hypocritical. <laughs> you know, they oh sure, the sure, and they, you know, they just don't walk the walk, uh, and it's very hard to find true Christians who 
live up to the message of Christianity uh, according to what it's supposed to be. And so you right. see all this hypocrisy. I think religion is a very is one of the worst inventions of mankind ever. It's it's this idea, and, and like I was talking about that in in the intro here, is that we come to this idea, and who knows what what you, some people think they know. I don't know what what the truth about creation and all that is, but the idea that God is on our side, He God yeah. God likes our religion, but it's like <laughs> whose side was God? By the way, you a sports fan? Because who whose side was God on uh, with the Philly and Jet game? Because appear, apparently he was on the Jets side. He likes New York yeah. better than Philly. So what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, well, the it was very Lord, painful. So I found I found Sunday afternoon very painful. Um, but I think that I thought I also think that there's this idea that if you profess to be a Christian, that you no longer are a broken person. And that's so far from the truth. Nothing changes. Right. You know, yeah, nothing I think y'all are missing. I get up each day. I get up each day and think I'm going to do a better job. And I got this down. I'll, I'll pray in the morning before I get up. And I'm facing the day. And today's the day I'm going to do a great job. And the third, it's, it's all well and good until I meet the first human being. <laughs> and I, I I'm, think... cha- I'm immediately okay. challenged. No, go ahead. I, I think y'all have gotten the, the God's participation a little bit mixed up. I really believe in the, in the heart of hearts that sometimes God wants to do things, but Mrs. God says you can't until you finish like putting the bulbs in the yard. Wow! And so God, so God has to be like in the garden, like putting petunias and and alliums and. But the idea, the idea that God is on one side or the other, here's where it, it really falls apart because. God is on the Philly side, but he's on the Jets side. He's on the Philly side in baseball, not the Mets. Phillies, <laughs> not the Mets. But in football, he's on the Jets side, not the Phillies. Yeah, so, I, 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 I'd like to, you know, for me, he's on the side of humanity. And, I, and, yes. But, you know, we've got, but, you yes. know, we, we, we're brought up and we're, and we're, Scripture will tell us that we have, we have this, this, I, this free mind, this, this ability to do what we want. We can either follow this journey or not. It's kind of like my kids. I bring my kids up and I, and I show them the way to handle money and I show them how to deal with other people. And at some point they branch off and they do their journey. They're either, I've given them an avenue to follow. That doesn't mean they're going to follow it. And they haven't. They've strayed from time to time on the path. And that's the, that's the, the human condition to me that I got know, we're find- all... Thank you for reminding me of something. Last night, 2 o'clock in the morning, I wake up like, at my age, you wake up every 30 minutes to pee. Uh, and I woke up, and, and I I have I have this tendency to check my phone. I don't know what, to see what time it is, and then for some reason I look at news in the middle of the night. Uh, the, news, the news feeder that's on my Apple phone. And one of the stories came up. Science has, after a long, many years of study, science has proved there is no such thing as free will. And I, I, I thought, he was just talking about, you know, the, you know, that idea of we, we have this power to choose and, and make, you know, decisions for ourselves. But according to this, and I didn't get to read it, I said my, to myself, I'm going to read that first thing in the morning before the show and we'll see what that's all about and then it was gone but uh, that's you didn't have a, a choice yeah 
Exactly. Oh, wow. This was last night? Yes. Uh, 2.30 2:30 this morning. So I, I want to read that. I want to be challenged. Yeah. I'm lucky and challenged. I wanna, how that Free Will up. does not exist at all. Is it, and is how it? can you even prove it? That's and believe me, I've proved it time and time again. Okay. Free, it's definitely a real me. thing. Free Will allows <laughs> me to read that or not. <laughs> like um I've <laughs> I've I've uh, I've had the power of choice and made the wrong choice a number of different times. Amen. <laughs> yeah, well I'll I'll find it and we'll talk about it tomorrow, but it's very it's very interesting that uh you know science would even study the possibility because that that means that and I've been talking about this for years that science and religion or the idea of of something bigger than us have been getting close for years and years. They were moving apart. Like if you were pro science, you were anti faith, anti religion. Right. But and now, now they're getting closer. They're getting, yeah. They seem to be making steps closer. So to even study whether free will is a thing suggests that they're willing to think about these things yeah. anyway. Sure. Um, but they didn't have a choice. They had to think about it. Oh my God. <laughs> this funky guy. <laughs> it's, 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 that looks like there's a, a body buried behind. I know, you. man. It totally it does not look like you're planting petunias, bro. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm planting daffodils and uh, hyacinths and uh, whatever this is, allium, which I think is a drug. <laughs> but they're really, but they're really pretty. All right, let, let Scientific American. Uh, now they're saying yes, free will exists. Uh, that's a different. Oh, so two con, con, uh, conflicting conflicting uh, articles. Yeah, we'll get to them later. Anyway, uh, back to Eddie's music. Do you produce? Are you the producer of your music? Uh, uh, you know, take full uh, production responsibility and, and plan out like the vocal arrangements and all that stuff and the instrumentation arrangements and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm in full, full control of all, everything these days. I don't know anybody, anything. All right. <laughs> so, so, uh, are you doing all the vocals yourself? Cause I can't tell. Yeah. Most of the, uh, it, depending on the project on chapel songs, I've done absolutely everything, including the artwork. <laughs> like hallelujah. Which is not the uh, the traditional hallelujah that mm -hmm. people uh, that is very lush with vocals. I mean, a lot of vocal arrangement. You're doing all those overdubs and all that kind of. It, yeah, I, ha I have a, a project studio up north in my new home, and I also have one down in in Melbourne. Um, so uh, I, I kind of work from both, and projects kind of sometimes move from place to place. I do bring guests in and some projects have a lot more outside input than others. Uh, Chapel Songs was just a really personal uh, venture for me and a, a personal project. And I found myself, um, I found it very easy to put it together. Do you, uh, do you have the preconceived notion of what that is going to sound like and uh, able to create what you hear in your head or does it involve one, uh, evolve one track at a time? I think it evolves. Um, I used to do that. I used to f think I knew, um, but uh, then I would force it into being what I wanted it to be, as opposed <laughs> to just allowing it to have the freedom to yeah. maybe ramble out. Be its outside. natural self. Yeah. Yeah, outside the outside the boundaries of where I think it should go. Um, what frees you up to do? Because that is what I think I've been. In, 
prosciutum. And I talk about this ad nauseum uh, with this idea of creative process and being able to just accept what the universe is telling you rather than uh, intentionally sit down with the idea of I'm going to create something just I'm or, or you, that's fine, but not really forcing it and letting the universe just come whatever message or music or comedy or whatever it is that's out there come to you rather than saying uh, this is my because this is how I work. I'm too. I get an idea. I want to write a song that says this. I want to write mm -hmm. a blog piece that says this. I would rather be in that mode of just letting the universe tell me what to write, but I can't get into that zone. Is it meditation that helps you get there? I mean, what frees you up to be a receiver? I think that we're creatively with the world burdens us with what they tell us is successful and what's good. Um, and uh, man, talk about subjective stuff. Artwork and creativity is totally subjective. What I might find really inspirational, someone else, it lays there like, like a rock. It does nothing for them. So I, I've come to a place where I don't, I, I want to get it right. I want to get it right through my spirit. I want the message to be right. I want, ultimately, if it's, I want the lyric message to be right. And musically, I want to be able to set a table to support that idea. Um, but I now, man, it sounds so cliche, uh, but I get it, in essence, it's the truth. I, I really have an audience of one. I want to please my maker. I want to please the God that I believe in. Um, wow. and I, so I want to get that message right. And if the people don't like it, you know, that's, that's fine. It's okay. I, in fact, I encourage people if, if they hear something of mine and it just like, it freaks them out and they're so bit call me up send me a message to it you know i want to talk about it. i want to figure out what nerve i touched and why did i touch that nerve i got to the point on sunday morning at this church that uh, at least once a month i would find a time some somewhere in that service to to tell people look i prayed on this all week i i prayed some, you know God, give me the songs you want your people to sing back to you on Sunday morning. And if you don't like it, you complain to him, not me. Right. Nah. See, I, who was that? Know, the I, devil just drove past your house and gave you yeah, the Yeah, that finger. was Eddie. Yeah, that, 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 huh? yeah. that. <laughs> that was Satan going. <laughs> um, are you brave enough to define God? It's not a it's not a question of bravery. It, I think it is. It's I, well, no, I, I have no problems to professing my faith, but there's areas of my faith that I don't understand. It's like there's things in sure. the in the Bible I read them and I go, he did what? Yeah, he did what? Right. And I can't I can't embrace that. I can't you know. But I got to believe that I'm just not smart enough. Although I, I don't want my, my kids hear that too. I but I, I I accept the idea that there's things there's so many things beyond my comprehension that just my lifestyle just the just the way I live and the things that are falling my way don't make any sense. Right. I got friends that aren't alive anymore who did the same things I did as when we were younger. I couldn't yeah, agree right. more. I I agree totally. And this is my conversation with atheists all, often because I, I don't have strong faith in anything. But uh, w when atheists have really strong faith in the in the fact of, of the negative that there is no such thing, and I, how can we ever know that for a fact? How can you be so right. sure of that? Uh, I, I mean, mean, right? 
it's a it's a tough thing. But uh, if I come back to Carl Sagan, who, who, who asked about this question about God, and we're talking about science and religion and faith and all this stuff, and Carl Sagan said we can't have that discussion because we can't define God. We aren't brave enough to come out come up with one universally accepted definition of what god is and until we can do that we can't have a conversation about that which i i i took a a lot from that because i agree with that that it does take some bravery to say there's an invisible man in this guy who created all of us and he loves me he hates my enemies but he created my enemies (laughs) so that he could hate them while loving me it's just uh, none of that I, I think you have to be pretty brave to come out and say that because uh, <laughs> you sound cuckoo well that, there's no there's no look we come into this world and if we don't get our way as a as a little breathing little baby the first thing we do is cry and complain right. and then we take hissy fits and then we throw things and we do that some people just never grow out of that and then we get smacked in the mouth by a, 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 a black mother who says, I ain't putting up with that shit. Well, see, <laughs> no black mother ever smacked me in the mouth. I want to just say that. What? I, I've, ne- I, I, I've never been smacked in the, in the mouth by a, a black mother ever. Not once. You, you don't have Unless you say mother, M-U-T-H-A. Yes, then I have. <laughs> I've been punched in the mouth. <laughs> well, yeah, that works, know. too how we how we how we figure out um what we what we don't when we don't get our way how we deal with it kind of kind of paints a a real vivid picture of what our life is like if you're one of these guys if you if you always have to get your way then you're going to be an angry salt in this world because it just doesn't always work that way i agree i agree and every time as curmudgeonly as i am and as uh, weak of faith as I am, when any, anything good happens to me, I say, yes, God loves me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that's an interesting thing in and of itself, because um, one of the more interesting arguments for Christianity that I have a hard time combating is that um, it's one of the only you know, things um, like faces of God or names of God that's profaned. You know what I mean? And and so, like, that always raises some questions to me. You know, like, nobody's running around saying Buddha, damn it, or Allah, damn it. It's always God, you know? So, like, why is but it that, that is the name that people okay. profane? Do you, you know, know what I mean? Do you know that? Hold on. Go ahead. Do you know that no. to be true? Because I don't speak uh, Arab, and I. But I mean, it, sure, I've never. I'm not, I'm not much of a world traveler. Maybe it is being said out there, and I just don't know that, it. That's, that's true. That's what I mean. Okay, go ahead, GD. I'm sorry. Oh, so now technically, when they say when they, nobody, technically nobody knows God's name. So if nobody knows it, you can't take it in vain. Okay, that's that's the first thing so if his name is unknowable which he says it is he says so who, Moses goes what's your name he goes well just tell them that i am sent you that's not my name just tell them that you right. know and so nobody knows it so we so that whole thing that we're being blasphemous and taking his name in vain even if it is a commandment is bullshit because he doesn't tell us his name you know uh, so that's right. like yeah so no, that's, it, the it, thing, like, that's the first thing that's the first thing with God. GD, he just put an o in the middle what if God is Voldemort? That could be. Right. 
And right now, my God is in the house right now waiting for me to finish these balls. Oh, I know <laughs> that already. We, we, you indicated that about 20 minutes ago, bro. <laughs> my question was, uh, I'm glad you uh, you uh, cleared that up because I was thinking she was at work. And I was like, why can't you just tell her you did it in the morning? She is at work. She She's working at home today. Ah. <laughs> that, okay. Not to mention, she probably watches security cameras and shit. Right. <laughs> Let, let's and, uh, let's kind of get back to Eddie for one second before we, sorry, Eddie. we have to let him go. On your website, eddieman.com. Oh, I heard uh, Jordan Peterson. Did you hear Jordan come through? Uh, oh, it's very nice. Yeah. Uh, eddieman.com. I'm not seeing any tour dates. Are you not performing? Uh, performing currently? I have a, uh, I'm finishing up. I have a, this Saturday night, I'm in uh, Doylestown, Pennsylvania. There's a, a venue there called Karen's Place that's celebrating their uh, 25th anniversary. And uh, they've asked uh, myself and my band to kind of be the house band for it. So nice. I am taking a break after that. I'm headed south uh, Sunday. I'll be uh, loaded. The car will be loaded and we'll be heading south down to our, our, our humble abodes in, in Florida and uh I won't be doing it. I don't have any dates again until I think maybe in the new year. I'm right. taking some time. Okay. Since, if you have I'm more than one it. humble abode, if you have more than one humble abode, they're not humble abode. So stop. Because <laughs> those of us who just have one abode, they lose, so those they of lose us who just their have humility abode, when they start growing yeah, in numbers. Right. <laughs> those of us who have one abode can't have a humble one. It's just well, abode. This again leads me to that place of there's got to be a reason that I that I have these places because I don't feel like I, the only thing I've done different than most people that I know is that I do not carry debt. I don't owe money. And for the most through all of my life, I never did. I always waited till I could afford to get things. Um, there's a lot to be said for that. That is really unique in the world. That's just the way I, I, it's just the way I was brought up. Uh, my father beat that into me pretty early. Um, I, I I got it in my head when in high school that if I died with a lot of debt, I win. Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to get into your head. Oh man! I, I, and I've lived, I've lived like that. Right, I'm life. sure. Oh uh, shit! I, I appreciate your uh, your uh, attitude towards that, but I, I it's too late. For yeah, me. I could never do it either. Yeah, I could never do it. Like, wait, well, wait, wait. You you mean not get this on credit? Actually, just build up money and wait to get this thing that I really want? No way! I'm not doing that. That's crazy yeah. Yeah, well, i don't have any debt i don't have any debt I, I mean not by choice they wouldn't give me credit but that's not the point <laughs> the, the point is no. <laughs> i don't have any debt and i have a bode not multiple bodes <laughs> just a bode one it's very humble <laughs> no it's, but it's the bode a bode not multi yeah. not yeah yeah uh, well, this, well, this, is, this conversation has been insightful. I, I can now pray for all three of you. <laughs> Please, yeah, we need it. We definitely yeah. need it for yeah. sure. And I could, if I, I could say anything, uh, free will is better than incarcerated will. Uh, oh, thank you, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we appreciate you being here. Uh, I am a fan of your music. Listen to it. I, I like it. I love the production work on it. Wish you great success with it. I hope people will uh, check it out. And it is feel-good music. If you're a person who likes to feel good and not angry like me and not just be an old curmudgeon like me, 
check out Eddie Man's music at eddieman.com. Eddie, it's been a pleasure to, to have you here, and I wish you great success. Come back sometime. We, I think uh, this is a, a fun conversation to have. So yeah, uh, we appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Enjoy right. the time together. Yeah. Safe have travels. A great, have a great morning. Bye for now. Peace out, baby. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot to think about there. Yeah, that was that was a really good interview, dis- despite having um, you know mm-hmm. conflicting beliefs. You know well, what I mean, or well, not necessarily conflicting, conflicting, but just you know, not. Um, I have no. But that's belief. one of the things I that's have, great have, about you. I have no beliefs. I have this. Right. My, I, it's not like I conflict with it. I'm, I'm just right. so fucking confused. Right. <laughs> right. But but I think that's one of the great things about the this podcast is is the multi the mul- the diversity in voices that right. you hear from. You know right. what I mean? Like the, like there's something very beautiful in that. You know All what right. I mean? Let me uh speaking of diversity, let me uh play this just really quick. Comedians who are funnier than Segura. You're a bum, get out of town. Get a bum, get out of town. Uh, Who is it today? Um, Tom Segura. Well, today, uh, uh, the comedian who is funnier than Segura is not GD. Uh, it's Erica Rhodes. Erica Rhodes. Erica is, uh, Rhodes. Yes, Erica, we've had her on the show. Erica, yes, Erica Rhodes has been on the show, but she's also got a uh, launch party for her new album is, tomorrow is night he? in Santa Monica. Uh, uh, Ladybug is the name of her. Uh, ironically, Ladybug is the late uh, her new album, and Tom Segura is known as Mister Ladybug. So I thought it's appropriate. It is her- appropriate. With her uh, having her lunch party tomorrow night. I believe it's close to sold out. There are two tickets left. So you can get them today. If you're in the Southern California area, go see Erica Rhodes. Her lunch party. There's going to be music. There's going to be comedians. There's going to be, I don't know, probably gratuitous sex. Uh, not with her. <laughs> not with her, but in, in the crowd. <laughs> and she is funnier than Tom Segura. Uh, I did want to mention that Tom Segura and Matt Reif. Uh, have you have you seen any of the clips of it? Have you been exposed to? Any I haven't. Of it? I did see that um, Bert and Tom are going to be doing a show in Vegas together for the Super Bowl. I think like Super Bowl Super Bowl weekend. Vegas. I think they're going to be in Vegas co-headlining. I saw uh, that. Um, it's obviously taped a while ago. It's two bears with uh, one cave uh, podcast, but Bert is not there. It's Tom Segura and Matt Reif. And you talk about self-awareness. There is absolutely none in the universe while well, these two egomaniacs are talking. Now, Matt Reif, I think, is funny. I think he's Matt talented younger, but his uh, apparently uh, lack of self-awareness, his egomania, and his delusion came through and Tom Segura just battled that with more bullshit hypocrisy contradiction self-contradiction and ego and all this stuff it I mean I'm going to go you're going to make me listen to it I'm going to have to oh, listen no, you to have, it now. you have to listen to it because and listen to it for the contradictions Tom Segura is talking about how you have to ignore people don't ever punch down on people just be a good person just live your life know that you're a good person and don't worry about what people think about you and then 
you see his stuff on where he's punching down on people and insulting people and caring about what people think about him all the time and and concentrating on that. That's his message. Uh, um, Matt Reif is, and he's talking about how he used to be fat and people just uh, his audience changed when he when he got skinny when he lost weight. He didn't get skinny. He lost all, all that weight. He said his audience changed, and that's so. Uh, the audience didn't change. The audience is the same. You changed. You became an egomaniac. You became a punching down bully. And the audience is reacting to that. Matt Reif is saying, oh, they were judging you on your appearance. Ah, oh, that just uh, doesn't make any sense at all. Why would people judge you on your appearance? And then he's there with, in all these pictures, like in, in his uh, model boy right. stuff, talking about how wrong it is for people to judge you by your appearance. And it doesn't make any sense that people would. It's just full of all sorts of contradictions and ridiculous stuff and bad advice from people who don't live their own advice. It's, it's, it, it is the essence of Segoraism. Uh, Willie's popping out and popping back in. Anyway, so that's my take on the um, Tom Segura thing for today. And apparently I'm not the only one who has been uh, noticing the change in Tom Segura. There's lots and lots of videos out there right. about it. Uh, I'm going to see what? Matt Reif in February. Yeah, yeah, he'll be in he'll be in Sioux Falls. And actually, the way that I got a ticket to the show is a friend of mine, uh, her and her husband, bought like eight tickets when he announced that big world tour. And I mean, those things were selling out like hotcakes, right. you know. And so they bought like eight tickets to the show, thinking that they'd have a bunch of friends that wanted to go or whatever. And it turned <laughs> out that only a couple people wanted to go, so they had like four extra tickets or whatever. And she put this thing on Facebook saying that they had some extra tickets that they were thinking about either giving away or selling. And then if anybody wanted one, that they should write an essay about why they deserve to go to a Matt Rife show. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but while I was in prison, I used to teach how to write essays for the GED test. I was a GED tutor. And I literally taught... A, like I don't even know how many students how to write essays. So I wrote an A plus fucking essay and sent it to my friend, and she and she's like, "Yeah, you're totally coming. Like, there's no way I'm not taking you." <laughs> okay. Uh, Ian wants to know why the suit keeps falling, and I'm with him on this. I don't understand why suit keeps falling. Uh, but uh, actually, Sue falls when um uh when translated uh is Sue falls is um la laughing water actually laughing water is what that's supposed to mean. That's a or no sense. mini mini haha mini mini oh. mini haha. Is laughing, laughing water, which is like, um, because like the bubbling brook of the river, the, the bubbling brookness of the river Listen, in get, that area. Get your story straight, or we're gonna, yeah, Minnehaha. I'm sorry, the word Minnehaha, which is the county that Sioux Falls is in, um, is laughing water. Okay, well, you can uh, Google gonna... that. I swear to God, that's true. Uh, well, don't swear to God. Okay, I swear to Allah, I swear, I swear to the Hindu. To me. Yeah, oh my God. I swear to GD's wife. That <laughs> <laughs> this is true. What is that stump you're leaning on there, uh, GD? What is, what is this, that? This is the top of my well for well water. Oh my God. 
and the not well water is over there. We don't drink from the unwell water, just the that, well water. That's so archaic, man. You, and that rock is on top to leave the, you, keep the rainwater out, or what the hell? Is- oh no, that's a lid. That's actually a lid. That's a real lid. It's uh, it just looks like a rock. Yeah. Next to, next Where's to your going. outhouse? Where do you go to Kabbalah? Yeah. Where's your know. outhouse? That's what I want to know. Show me the door with the moon on it. <laughs> back, back in I was doing my little Tommy Chong man thing there back in the day in the 60s man a lid was like a half ounce man yeah man. <laughs> yeah oh my god I totally my wife reminded me of this I totally forgot that we my wife and I did it like one of our first TikToks ever was her and I doing the Cheech and Chong up in smoke um um, like I think we're getting pulled over. Like I think we're parked, man. Like, like we were. We, that was our first TikTok that we did together. Was a Cheech and Chong thing. Wow. Like she reminded me of that yesterday. Uh yeah. Uh, where did I want to go here? Oh, well, Corey Rosen is our next scheduled guest. He's not here yet. I uh, hope he remembers. He seems like um, he might not remember. Technically, he's got a couple minutes though. Right, he does have a couple minutes, absolutely. I do have some on-this-day stuff, or today in history. Oh, you want to do that? Yeah, we can do that. All right, but I got to play the, the intro for it. Uh, all right. All right, here we go. Today in history. Sounds like uh, the guy who's saying today in history. History needs to <laughs> really, needs, it really right. And I don't know why, but it keeps playing in my ears. And it says that you guys no. say it doesn't do that. No, like, I, you're in that's so weird. Well, right. I, I wanted to talk to you before you, I, I, we know we already played the intro, but there's a, a city in Kansas that is paying people uh, $30,000 to move there. You should move there. Anyway, in, we'll talk in about Kansas? That yeah, do that today in history, and we'll talk about that. I smoke way too much weed to be living in Kansas. I know. Well, they are they are not weed friendly there. Go ahead, do the today in history. What, All right. what happened today in history? Uh, on this day in 1926, Chuck Berry was born. The uh, yeah, which 1926, uh, you say. Yeah, 1926 he was born. And uh, uh, I found out while I was in prison that not all of his songs are prison friendly. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah. Don't sing yeah. my dingling in prison. That's a bad choice. All right. On this day in give me a line. 18... Wait, wait, before you go on to give me a line from uh my dingling. Give me one line from Oh, uh, once I was swimming across board. Turtle Creek. I knew that's where you were going. Man, okay. them okay. snappers was at my feet. Sure was hard to swim across that thing. With both hands holding my ding-a-ling-a-ling. My ding-a-ling. All right, all right. It's a one line. Holy sorry. shit, not the whole song. Okay, I love next. the song. It's a great song. It's a fun song to sing. <laughs> not in prison, though. It's bad image. Bad image. All right. On this day in 1851, Moby Dick was published for the first time. That's right. Wow, That's right. I just I, I added that one because I wanted to say dick. All right. Wow. Uh, on oh, this you need day, an excuse to say dick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 dick coming out of my mouth. That's all. That's what I want all the time. All right. On this day in 1867, the U.S. takes possession of Alaska, paying $7.2 million, but that was less than two cents an acre. What, what year was that? That was uh, 1867. 
two cents an acre. Wow, of seven, uh, seven. Yeah, it was over five hundred some thousand fucking yeah. Square how miles. much of it is really land, and how much is ice, though? That's. I mean, that's a good question. I'm sure tundra is definitely part of that. Yeah, for and sure. Did the livestock come with it? Like that's a lot to pay for ice, though, because. Uh, well, it prorated. I right, mean, there was a lot uninhabitable, especially at that time. Yeah, yeah. Right, continue. Um, it is also uh, Chuck Lorre's birthday, by the way. I don't know if you know that. Um, also in border news, on this day in 1767, the Mason-Dixon line was drawn. Oh, that, and uh, GD is pretty close. That you could throw a rock at it. Oh, right? oh yes, I can. If, if if I leave my neighborhood and turn right, I run into um, Confederate flags and Trump banners. I'm so sorry. Oh, same this, thing. Is, this, this is a safe yeah. space. Yeah. Right. We live right. in a safe space. Right. Right. You're on the north me. side of the line. All right, gotcha. <laughs> All right. On this day in 1867. The rules for American football were formulated by delegates from Columbia, Rutgers, Princeton, and Yale in New York City. And on this day in 1813, Napoleon Bonaparte was defeated defeated at the Battle of Les Aigues or whatever. Did I say that right? I don't know. I don't know how to say that town. Leipzig? I don't know. What's the battle he lost? I don't know. The point got beat. Yeah. The little guy went down. I thought Waterloo. <laughs> down was goes the, Napoleon. Down part. goes Napoleon. Yeah, I don't know. It said it said Le Pe Le Le L E I P Z. There's a fucking Z and a G in here. Pepe Le Pew. Like you pronounce every letter. You don't have any black friends. You don't pronounce all the consonants in the name. Right. I mean, well, we we have silent letters. We should have silent numbers. Like, uh, if I owe you seventy five dollars, the seven is silent. I owe you five right. right. Uh, <laughs> the seven is silent. Uh, on this day in sixteen forty eight. Uh, the Shoemakers of Boston became the first labor organization in what would become the United States. Wow. And on this day, you're going to like this one a lot, I think. On this day in 1954, Texas Instruments unveiled the Regency TR1, the first commercially produced transistor radio. Wow. And also, finally, on this day in 1962, James D. Watson, Francis Crick, and Maurice Wilkins won the Nobel Prize for Medicine and Physiology for determining the double helix of DNA. Wow. Now, today in history. And that is today in history. What? I feel like that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, Corey <laughs> Rosen is officially late now, uh, which is a shame. Corey Rosen is the founder and station manager at PBM TV. I kind of thought he might flake out. If you see his picture, it's on the uh, uh, promo for this show, and he looks like a kind of guy who might 
spaghetti. He looks flaky. <laughs> he looks a little flaky. He looks like a like a hippie. And, and I wanted to mention this with Eddie Eddie Man that some of the hippie, almost all of the hippies, are, hippies either are dead or now become religious people. The people from the sixties who were peace, love, <laughs> and dope are now peace, love, and Jesus, and all that stuff. Or peace, love, and hope. Peace, or, love, and hope. Or peace, love, and death. Like and worm food, peace, <laughs> and love, and worm food. Yeah. I I have a question from the interview. You you mentioned a term that I've actually never heard before, so I'd like a little explanation. What the hell is yacht rock? I I mentioned maybe I've grown up too. Maybe I've been around poverty too much in my life. I've never heard oh, of yacht, yacht rock. Yacht rock. What the fuck is that? Yacht rock is Kenny Loggins. It's uh, that. Uh, why don't we steal away that kind of uh that late seventies early eighties of so it's soft rock no it's it's um it's, it's what appeals to people with yachts it's rich people music <laughs> pop music. <laughs> The it let's is. get physical. Let's get yeah. physical. Well, not, that, no, that, that one. Uh, what a fool believes. Not, do you Doobie Brothers? What a fool believes. Kenny Loggins. Uh, whenever I Jimmy call Buffett, you friend, right? Jimmy Buffett, Buffett was definitely yacht rock too. Yeah, it, for people who want to feel cool on their yacht and act like they know music and party music and all that stuff. That's what. Now, what about steel? What about steel drum versions of music? You know, like a. Her name is Lola. No, but this is still a drum version. I don't know. I don't think that's officially. I think that's Muzak. I think that's elevator music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, that is grocery, that is. grocery store music. Uh, that kind yeah. of stuff. Should I reach I, I out? I have to- a question for. I had a question for really well quick before we lost. Before we got too far away from the actual the, the thing that Willie, you were talking about the football rules. Yeah. The, this is the end. Of, how many rules did they have when they first started? I just want to oh, know. That's a great question. Rules. I should. I should. I, I know. That that's up. why I was trying to get it in. Why? I, I, I know it's a great question. One rule. <laughs> yeah. Don't bite the nuts. <laughs> yeah. No. No biting. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because that was definitely when your nose was your face mask. That's for that's, sure. And they weren't. A very good question. They, Can we Google that really quick? I don't know how many. Rules. I mean, I can't because I'm on my phone currently. But, but that... <laughs> All right, you, I'll give you a topic. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Uh, hemorrhoidal, okay. it, hemorrhoidal itch. Oh wow. man, hemorrhoids! You, you, you know, I had to get well. a hemorrhoid lanced one time. Um, I went to the free clinic, and I was like the first appointment of the day for that doctor, and he's checking my hemorrhoid out, and I'd already done like suppositories, and I'd already done like cream and stuff, and the doctor kind of shakes his head and goes, "Well." I think we're going to have to lance it. And I go, so oh, Lance man. Comes in, so Lance yeah, comes I, in. And <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> some, some guy named Lance comes right. in, drops his pants. <laughs> right. Well, I say to the doctor, I'm like, man, that is not how I wanted to start my day. Now, keep in mind, I'm already bent over this table while he's on his stool behind me examining things. When he says, I think we're going to have to lance it. And I'm bent over on this table going, Ah, that's not how I wanted to start my day. And the doctor just leans out from behind me and goes, yeah, me neither. And I was just like, that's, that's totally fair, doc. You know what I mean? Like that's, I'm sure that is not how you wanted to start your fucking Tuesday. (laughs) They don't have a list of the actual first rules. They say, uh, I'm seeing some, uh, forward pass was illegal. Yeah, it wasn't legal then. Yeah, that's right. 
That was not a legal thing back then. It could only be um, lateral. Lateral, yeah. Uh, Odd and original rules of football that are no longer. There's so many articles, but none of them are giving you the actual first rule book. Uh, However, I guess if you you were better at Google than I am. Um, Here's a laundry list of odd rules regarding football. where the beginning of the player tossing the ball had to follow, had to throw within five yards of the line of scrimmage. A limit of 20 yards was placed on how far a pass could be thrown. Any incomplete pass netted a 15 yard penalty plus loss of down. Wow. Oh my God. When passing first came out, so you, that was. So you wouldn't want to pass at all. Cause no kidding. Is, yeah. Uh, a penalty was excess assessed by more than one incomplete pass. In a series of downs, uh, so if you had two, you'd get an extra, extra penalty. penalty. It was perfectly legal to tackle a receiver as the ball was in the air. Nice, so, yeah. Like, oh, you think you're gonna catch that? <laughs> I don't think so. Pass interference was a, was allowed. Possession yeah. uh, transferred to the uh, opposing club if a pass failed to touch a player from either team. So if you didn't, if your guy didn't hit it or nobody hit the ball. The other team gets the ball. It almost wow. sounds like electric football rules. It almost sounds like electric. You sure you're not looking at electric football rules? Either team could recover a pass touched by an opponent. What does that mean? If, I, I guess if you so like if you touch it and then that's still a rule. I mean, you could you can do that if somebody deflects a pass and some and the other team catches it. That's an interception. Yeah, but I'm thinking I'm no, thinking that maybe the, the ball wasn't dead so quick back then. You know what right. I mean? Like, like like on a kick. You know, like if you do a punt and somebody touches the ball, even if if nobody picks it up, then it's a live ball. Right. Right. Speaking of live balls, uh, how how's yours doing? Uh, <laughs> Your ball, Mine? your one it's, ball, yeah, it, your, it, live, it, your live ball, not as opposed to your dead ball. Do you know where your yeah, dead they, ball is? Do you have it? They wouldn't the give it to me. I asked for it. Believe me, I asked for it. I said to the doctor, I was like, "Hey, can I get like my testicle and like a little formaldehyde jar so I can show my buddies and shit?" Because I have a collection. You know what I mean? They have a. They kept them. They have a collection. They do beer pong with them. Well, and I'm like, especially this one because it was split in half by the bullet. You I, know what I mean? Yeah, like like I saw that thing hanging outside of my scrotum. I know what it looked like. That thing was not in good shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was tore up like bad. Like I'm a, one of the one of the probably like it's definitely top three most disturbing things I've ever seen. If with my own eyes was my testicle split in half hanging out of my scrotum. That was that was definitely up there with the with the list of things I could have gone seeing, not seeing in my life. You well, know what yeah. I, mean? I think I got it in a, a jar of planters mixed nuts once. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it did it look kind of blown out and flowerful? <laughs> like, Original football rules PDF. I could. Uh, it's probably too long for me to go through all that. Perhaps. Anyway, it's just interesting. You know, football. They didn't played without helmets. Yeah. Uh, it, woo, rough stuff. Yeah. No, it was rough back in the day. Yeah. Watch horse yeah. feathers. Um. Oh, oh, I wanted to, oh, yes, yes. I wanted to. Uh, so you were talking about the fight in the nursing home. Um. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Uh, I think I told you this, that my first real 
actual job was as a nurse aide. I got certified as a nurse aide when I was 15. And um, the nursing home that I worked at, we had some Alzheimer's patients or whatever. And um, we were we were getting people ready for one of the meals and um, we were short staffed and there was a particular patient that we always had trouble getting ready. And it took like three or four people because he was one of the Alzheimer's patients that really um, was combative. So like somebody had to hold arms and legs and stuff while somebody else dressed him. Right. But we were short staffed that day. We were behind schedule and I decided, you know what? I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get this dude ready all by myself because we're never going to have the time to get four people together to get this dude ready. So I'm just going to go in there and get him ready. Right. And so I go in there and, and I do everything and I get them nice and ready and I do it in like half the time that would have taken four of us to do it. And when I come out of the room, the nurse sees me and she's like, what were you doing in there? And I was like, I was like, he's ready to go. And she was like, who else is in there with you? I was like, nobody. And she was like, well, how did you get him ready? I said, easy. I just let him hit me. Like, he, <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah. tee off, man. Go ahead. Really, they, they, <laughs> right, I, they don't hit all that hard. I got no, I, that's <laughs> that was the point. Like, he's fucking, he was 84. What's he gonna do? He's not putting stank on it. You know I what I mean? Like, what, what he could do, he could bite your thumb right the fuck off, man. Well, and actually, so I did get a talking to, and I was told to never do that again because what they did tell me, they said what he could do is he could injure himself hitting you. Right. Which is part of why we don't allow him to, you know, it's not just to protect us, but it's also to protect them from hurting themselves. So I didn't think about that. And that is fair and true. Like, he certainly probably could have injured himself, like, as I allowed him to hit me, you know. Or, or so, it, could have, it could have bit something off. Yeah. And maybe yeah. Not, yeah. thinking uh, it was your thumb. Your thumb, yeah. Ooh, I, that wouldn't be out. That wouldn't be. Yeah, the, right. uh, yeah. oh, here's my outhouse, guys. Here's my outhouse. Oh my God. Do you have three seashells in it? That's not bad for an outhouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's. It's all oh. shell. None of it works. None yeah. of it works. There's, <laughs> a there's, a there's a bucket behind that gray closet. Closet. There's a bucket. Oh, wow. Man. Where was the show you did last night, by the way? Well, technically, I was I was hosting. I was running an open mic for a friend of mine who was out of town. Uh, so I was the host, and this is the one where comedians don't show up. So I was also I was the host. I introduced the one comic that showed up who did five minutes, and then I did the rest of the um, open mic myself as the headliner. So I filled out the rest of the time myself. Man, wow. Man. The audience was like, the audience was like in stitches. They're like, man, you're fucking funny. And one guy goes, you're funnier than Tom Segura. I said, can I get that on tape? I did, said, oh. did you though? Did you though? Did I what? Get it on tape. I probably do, yeah. Yeah, stills. There's stills on Facebook where you see him from behind. You don't see anything. Oh, that's the oh, that's a different one. Yeah, the oh. yeah, that's yeah, that's uh I that one they just use my equipment and I sh and I'm like the uh Honorary Grandmaster Poobah, that one. Ah, Grandmaster, yeah. what? Poobah. Come on, come on, man, get with the program. Um, 
You don't know Yacht Rock. You don't know Puba. What do you know? <laughs> I don't know much. Well, you but don't I know, know I love to, you. Topeka, Kansas is uh, the, the city that is attracting, it, it needs population and it's paying up to $15,000 a person, so to 30000 a couple. Yeah, uh, yeah. To, to move to Topeka. Go to Topeka. Topeka, Kansas. How far is that from Wichita? Uh, it's uh, it's in the same state. I know it's in the oh My God. I... <laughs> well, on the map, it's about this far. On the map, uh, it's about uh, like this. Map your face. Uh, Hispanic, Hispanics are the second largest ethnic group in Topeka. Uh, I don't. It doesn't say what the first, but I'm assuming by, it's by by white, white, by white, very white. People. By weight, yeah. Are they the largest by weight or by um quantity? Oh, uh, by quantity. Right. I'm I'm certain. Uh, they're not. You know, you but they only live on of, one street in three oh, houses. That's second largest because I'm assuming there's a lot of big fat white people in Topeka. <laughs> hog farming. <laughs> that, that's where uh, hog farming was the major. Uh, Oh uh, fuck no! Uh, I fucking I hate that smell so bad, bro. Like okay, so uh, my family rented uh, the home that I grew up in, and uh, up until I was like probably twelve or thirteen, it was owned by like a, a local family that just you know had another property or whatever. But they were like a farming family that lived out of town, and they had a hog confinement. And, um, one time we couldn't make rent and, um, not my dad's fucking ass or anything like that. No, no, no. I'm like 11. Okay. And I got sent to clean a hog confinement because my dad couldn't, like my parents couldn't pay rent. So I had to go clean this hog confinement. As like, you don't want to know what rent. the girls had to do. You don't want to know what the girls had to do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's probably true. That's probably. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna say that, that might not happen. <laughs> like I, my house was crazy. I'm unable to get in touch with Corey Rosen. So here's the deal. He's got the uh, PM uh, PBMTV, which he's looking for people for to do shows on. Uh, but uh, even if you do get in touch with him and get a show on. Based on today's performance of him not showing up, the show might not ever get put on anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't well, you know, I mean, I got other stuff burning right now. As a matter of fact, uh, my wife and I need to, uh, I got to send in a video for them, by the way. It's about time, man. You're running mm -hmm. a little late on this. So what's, what's the problem? You're too busy doing today and <laughs> No, um, uh, I mean, I just, I want to, I want to do it right. You know, he, they want it by Friday. Um, and I want to make sure that I do it right. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. something, something uh, that's good, decent, you know? All right. Um, oh, go ahead. You, you have finish up. Finish up that. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's something I've never done. So I'm probably panicking about it more than I oh, should. Stop. Just do it. Don't I be know. a perfectionist. Just put it right. out. Send right. it. Yeah. Like you said, send, just read your essay that that girl said, oh, you're funny enough to have sex with yeah. that, right? No, uh, I, I mean, I have lines to read. I have, uh, yeah. We're in the okay. know now. By the way, though, just I forgot to mention this. Matt Reif says he wants to fight the people who hate on him on the internet. He wants them to come to his show. He believes he can kick anybody's ass. Um, this is uh, this is a bad... I mean, that, yeah, see, that's, that's a dangerous. bad idea. Or... You don't want to threaten 
strangers on the internet because yes some of them are keyboard warriors some of them are couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag but you you tweet the wrong yeah. guy shows yeah. up you yeah. could end up dead you could end up yeah. you know yeah you don't want yeah. to do that uh, I, I mean, like to answer i like to answer ian real quick ian says uh gd lives in the boonies yeah. and i just want him to know that uh yes this is the boonies but up where the where the confederate flags are they call us the coonies so they <laughs> yeah so it's, it's just a matter of loca- it's just a matter of location 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 you know um <laughs> I live in my, my area is uh, is rural as well, uh, even though we're not that far from New York City. But, uh, you know, we have those we have Confederate flags and all that stuff on my block. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to be in the south or no, you uh, don't. Unless Maryland is not really the south. It's on the border of the no. Dixon line. But um, although yeah. I had friends in high school that had houses that still had plantations on them, not in use, obviously. Right. But they had, but they had maids. They had, you know, black maids, and and they had a plantation. I used to always, whenever I go visit, I used to always, you know, I was always polite to the maid. Not, you know, it's like, how you doing? And and I always wow. thought to myself, what's it like to be a maid in a house where they still have like some of the slave houses on the property? You know, right. At least, at least no, they yeah, make that's a gotta be there. weird. Hey, you do what you gotta do to survive. You know, I don't. There's a lot of judgment against um, slaves who didn't leave their plantation and all that kind of stuff, and like, you know, but I mean, it's what they knew. It's what, yeah, you you you, you don't know what else is out there, and there's fear right. of you know. This yeah, is there's the a lot I of have, fear, yeah, and it could be worse. There's all it could always be worse. Right, I know what to expect here. I may not like it; it may not be the best, but I know what to expect in this bullshit that I'm experiencing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, on that note, I was thinking about you uh, yesterday, GD, because the guy who called you a low IQ, uh, low IQ Negro. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, Stefan Melano? Stefan Melano? Uh, is think he the discoverer? Is he the one that discovered melanin? No. No? He's a, he's a former YouTuber. I believe this is a guy who actually got canceled, but deserved to be canceled. He was uh, called himself an intellectual, but he was constantly uh, harping on this idea of race and IQ uh, and linkage. Uh, and he he's a like a French Nazi, like uh, Mom, oh, one Mom, of the good ones. Mom, Mom, okay, no, no, not a good, no, not a good one. There are no good ones, but uh, he, he's not like true German Aryan or Austrian Aryan. Uh, he was Canadian, but he with a French last name. But he was always talking about IQ linked to races, and I just was wondering if you were familiar with him at all because I used to get into some really heavy battles with him, arguments with him on YouTube. Uh, uh, no, as you can tell, having a high, high IQ doesn't mean I'm exposed to stuff. Like, if you ask me anything about people, I don't give a shit about. I don't know anything about them. Movies, right. I don't... Right. Yeah, Will, Will, what's his name? Will... Will, Will Ferrell? Yeah, yeah, him. Will Ferrell. Yeah. Now, and the Talladega Knights, that's like a... Is that like a period piece with King Arthur? Are those the nights we're talking about? No. I was just curious if you were familiar with him because it seemed like uh, he actually got canceled. Uh, one of the few people, because there were enough people like me saying, this, you know, what he's saying is absolutely Nazi propaganda. And, and you know, there's, there's a line between having an opinion about something and then, right. you know, he was saying, basically saying that he was just... Uh, 
sharing data, but he was cherry picking data that was put together by Nazi scientists, like, you know, right. Nazi theories and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like I had, I, I know, like my, my wife and I, when we got married, she was concerned because she was thinking that because I was an African, African-American male, my life expectancy would be like shortened. And I said, no, that's only true for the first 21 years. And that's mostly urban violence, you know, that's doing it not. But once right. you get to, once you get past the 20s, my life expectancy is just about the same as the average white man. And which yeah. point my wife became disappointed because she thought the insurance was going to come that much quicker. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't you can't really get insurance on a black she guy, can you? Money. Oh, well, you can, but they don't call it insurance. <laughs> it's assured. <laughs> you be assured that you're not collecting on it. We're not okay. going to pay for it. Here's some uh, <laughs> here's some interesting things from news and recommendations for me. Cosmopolitan Magazine. Now, this is for me, a recommendation for me from Apple News. Cosmopolitan Magazine. Is squirting actually just pee or not? It's a mixture. There, there's, there's almost definitely always some urine content in that, in what comes out. But it, it is not just urine. Now, have and, you sat, and, sat so, there with so a jar like, to catch it so you could kind of? Like, I'm, I'm not it. a jar, but I've caught plenty with my face, bro. I well, mean, that, yeah, but like, I, I, you can't take that to the lab and analyze it and say what is the content here. Right? Yeah, but I mean, you can, okay. bro. You can tell. You can totally tell, and and you can tell if you got a bitch that's like just faking it and pissing on you and not actually fucking squirting. Believe me, I can tell because there's a consistency difference, like a hundred percent. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. So I is went this, down that so is this the equivalent? I, there you go. Mean, yeah, you opened this can of worms, bro. I'm. I'm just saying. Would that be like the equivalent of like the equivalent of like when a man finishes having sex, he has to urinate, and so what's actually coming out is a mixture of like. Um, sure. Uh, so, matter of fact, so matter wondering. of fact, have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed that if you uh, if you urinate, um, like in short. Um, in in short um, time period after after sex after coming, uh, uh, sometimes you'll get the sensation to have to urinate again and I'm again, a- and that can be due to the caffeine. <laughs> con- that can be due to the caffeine content of your urine mixing with the semen that's left over in your track, and All it right. really literally cause an irritation. Let me just uh, do this really quick. Do this really quick. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. That's all I just wanted to uh, put out there. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, uh, it's funny. See, Willie, when you said you get the sensation, I thought York peppermint patty. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, another another story that uh, is recommended to me from Apple News is in Grazia, uh, your expert guide to amazing masturbation in 2023. That's a little late for that because there's only two months left. In right. two and a half months left. And they would have released it earlier if they weren't busy masturbating. Right. Yeah, it took a while. <laughs> they I were mean, distracted. So what are they saying? I got two months to get it right. And then uh, do the rules change in 2024? I mean, am I going to have to start all over again with a whole new, um, uh, you know, plan on how to, how to masturbate correctly? Amazing masturbation. 
Come on, you know what I hope happens in twenty twenty four? What? I hope I hope Pornhub stops fucking putting all this fucking step family fucking bullshit in my fucking like dude. I don't know what is it. There's so many different family categories on Pornhub now. It's ridiculous. It's what do you like mean? The, what do you mean? Like, like, um, caught, caught my stepbrother masturbating, caught my stepsister, you know, uh, got, got it on with my stepdad and like all sorts of like just all this family associated stuff. And it's like, like, I don't watch these videos. Like, like if it's got anything to do with family in the title, like I'm not watching that video, right. but they're always, anytime I bring up Pornhub, these are like the first videos that are recommended to be watching. And I'm guessing this because they're like most popular or this, that, whatever. It's, it's a like, reflection of the society we live in. Dude, it's crazy, are- dude. It's so crazy. Now like, let me let me ask you this: Do you think this is fantasy, or is this really happening in America? Well, there, okay, this there, is what is people banging each other's brothers and sisters. And right, I think brothers? I think it's both. I think it's definitely both. I think it's for sure happening, and I think that for the ones that it's not happening for, it's fantasy. But like, dude, I remember when, like, I remember Brady Bunch. Like, if you tried to have that conversation, like, like at least where I was from in the Midwest, if you tried to have the conversation about what happened with Greg and Marcia got it on or whatever, like, people would be like, ew, gross. Like, 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 there was, like, great offense. And you would be almost shunned in my little town if you thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, you know what I you mean? You know what? I don't know if that's so taboo, though. Like, not anymore. No, that's what I, I'm saying. I like, don't even, like, even then, I mean, uh, maybe I'm, uh, believe me, I've never been in this situation. It's never happened to me. I've never had. But if you're 17 years, like an older teenager, right? You've never met right. this person. And then you meet this girl and she's hot. And your father right. is now marrying her mother. I don't know. I, I could see how you could want to go there, and not, I don't think it's so taboo. You never—it's not like she's a blood relative, not like you've ever right, known right, her. Right, 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 right. And, and I mean, the there's certainly family. nothing actually wrong with it, and you know what I mean. Some people would just say that it's morally not, you know. Why? Because dad got to her mother before I could get to her? Because (laughs) if you take that out of the equation and dad didn't hook up with the mother and I just saw her across the street in high school or wherever and went and and hit on her, we were both in high school together. You know, that's interesting. That That is an interesting take on it for sure. I wonder wonder how many many times like a parent has gotten married to a parent and then the siblings have gotten married. I'm sure that's happened. That's had to have happened. Had to have happened. Had to have happened. Well, but I've any- never thought about that until just now, bro. I've never thought about m- marrying your stepsister. <laughs> you're, just, you're, just, you're just getting around to thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, oh listen, bro, where I can't listen, where I grew up, man, you didn't know, nah, you didn't think about something like that. And, you know, I think maybe this is why gay guys always used to tell me that I was gay and I just didn't know it yet. I just didn't come around to the knowledge. You know, <laughs> I'm glad we've had this moment of self-discovery for you. 
Oh yeah, thank you. I was thank in a you. band with the guy, uh, the bass player. He's dead now, so I could say this. I, could, I said it when he was alive. Who am I fucking kidding? Uh, he was obsessed with banging his cousins. He always had cousins, and he didn't see anything wrong with the idea of having sex with his first cousins. Uh, he, I don't know that he ever did, but he talked about it all the time. What is what is the bean flicker saying about this? It happened into that situation all of a sudden living with a young adult of the opposite sex. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I you can condone it if you want. I don't think this see the uh, if the only thing that makes it taboo is that dad got to mom first. Eh, you know what? Fuck you, dad. You just pulled the trigger quicker. You yeah. Know? I don't know. My nephew got <laughs> super mad at me one time when I brought this this girl to his place. But because she was like his age, she was like 21. And I was like, thir- I think I was 38 or 39 at the time. And um, and I brought this girl over and he was fucking so mad at me. Dude. It's like, how the fuck are you going to bring a, a girl my age to my apartment, uncle? You're a dick. Like, <laughs> like you're a fucking asshole. Well, we, what I want to say is never bring a hot chick uh, or a hot young girl, especially underage. To Governor's Comedy Club. We have to say goodbye to Govs right now. I'm a little bye, bit late. Uh, bye. Anyway. Only, bye. hey, we're getting so much better, though. That's three minutes. That's that's like the least over we've been in weeks. Guaranteed. Yeah. Anyway, so bye, Govs. We're pl- it's, uh, pretty much shocked that we're still on your, on your network, but yeah. here we are saying goodbye. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you tomorrow and make it like almost a full week. Anyway, see you. Bye. Uh, yeah, so those are the things that are being offered to me, uh, things that uh, I guess Apple thinks I'm going to be interested in. Where oh, you're Apple- an Apple user. I didn't know that. I am, yes. I'm uh, thinking about switching. I was thinking about switching to T-Mobile and becoming an Apple person. Oh, uh, well, An well, iPhone. You have an iPhone? You know, they're very expensive. They're not like uh, fucking uh, whatever, uh, Androids, they're expensive. I mean, the new, I believe the new Apple iPhone is like $1,600 or something. Fucking crazy. I mean, I'm definitely not going to get the new one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah so, hey, listen, I know how to get refurbished. Okay. <laughs> like, right. Unlocked. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So Corey Rosen didn't show today. I don't like to bad mouth guests because, but not showing. But if you're yeah, there could be a myriad of reasons. He oh, do you want me. us to do it for you? Do you want yeah. us to do it for you so you can say you didn't do it? <laughs> Let's hear it. You know, you I got? think you know, I'm just saying I think it's very disrespectful people to go through the time to actually schedule and take up a space that someone else who is responsible enough to show up to take the appointment. So for yeah. those somebody could have been here. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's I'm, just, I'm let's just hope that uh, it wasn't something. Uh, really bad that happened to him. True. Like, you know, True. You know. yeah, somebody better be dead, is what we're saying. Well, are, we, are, we, nobody... are we wrapping up? Is that what's happening? That's, is yeah, that what's that's happening? What, right? That's oh. what's happening. We got like, okay. Well, can can I wrap up sooner then? Because I got to pee. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, you can't <laughs> take the camera now, with you? Take the you're camera gonna go, with you. In other words, you're going to go squirt. You're going to make yourself squirt. Oh, maybe. Maybe. If I, if I get enough pressure, if I use enough fingers and enough pressure, maybe. All right. All right. Well, I have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, uh, who knows? I have to go to a, a uh, interview for my congressional campaign. I'm a little nervous about it, but uh, I'll let you know how that what? goes tomorrow. All right. Go, Pete. Oh, Matt, I have a question for you real quick, Matt. 
Did you watch the vote yesterday? The the vote for the uh, I didn't watch it, but I know the outcome. Um, if you were in the Congress, how would you have voted? Uh, I would have voted against Jim Jordan, but it just where's it going to go? It's just going to keep getting worse. I mean, uh, here's the thing, and, and I'm going to okay. talk about this in my interview when they ask me about why I'm running. Uh, Jim Jordan is is running is wants to be speaker. It's, I was almost certain it was going to happen on the first vote. Now people, as soon as one vote goes down, they're like saying it's not going to be him. I still think it's going to be him. He is worth thirty million dollars. Uh, his net worth is more than thirty million dollars on a congressional salary. He's been in Congress for twenty years, so he's never made more than one hundred seventy four thousand dollars a year. Uh, and far less than that when he first started. So that's $30 million did not come from a congressional salary. Where did well, it come from? Some of it's hush money. Some of it's hush money for right. the wrestling stuff. His wife is a uh, retired school teacher. She didn't make that kind of money. So basically, there's a lot of dirty money, special interest money in that. And if you think that he is representing the people of his district, and not representing those people who gave him the $30 million. You're very naive. But also, uh, he's not alone. The the, uh, the people who oppose him in Congress, and there's like 400 people <laughs> who really are fucking opposed him. <laughs> None of them are bringing this up. Why? Because they're all doing the same thing. So they're not using that against them because we can't, we can't ever use that against each other. Let's just keep that uh, to ourselves, that dirty money. And even the people who get in there with the intent of being respectful and, and really representing the people they in their district get right. corrupted by the party system that says, well, you're going to need to keep getting reelected. And the only way to keep getting reelected is to keep taking this money. And then before you know it, you're sucking the devil's dick, uh, literally. Uh, for so, as an independent, which, would you caucus with one side? Would you caucus? Or would you try to create your own caucus? Or... I, I would, I would caucus. I wouldn't caucus. I would caucus. <laughs> uh, I would. No, I would not. I'm not going to take sides with anybody. I'm not gonna. I'm talking like I'm going to get elected. Um, I wouldn't. It could happen. It, I have it, it, could, it could happen, but I'm not taking any money, and that's a big part of it. And not playing along with this whole. Uh, nonsense system of taking dirty money to get reelected. There's always going to be corporations and special interests who are willing to put $30 million behind a competitor and get them in, whether that's a Democrat or a Republican, doesn't make a difference. So the part I have is there, you're only upset about it. You know, I heard a lot about Nancy Pelosi being rich and basically getting rich while she was in Congress. And I'm not saying Nancy Pelosi is any better than Jim Jordan. Uh, but she was, her husband was rich before she ever got elected. He was a, a, an entrepreneur, and a lot of her money, came, a net worth came from him. Uh, but if you're mad, if you hated Nancy Pelosi and, are, and don't hate Jim Jordan for the exact same reason, you're a hypocrite. If you hate Jim Jordan and didn't hate Nancy Pelosi, you're still a hypocrite. I mean, all of those people... Are, it's all about the money, and my campaign is about highlighting that. That's all I'm really running for is to get people understanding that they don't work for you. You're re we live in what is supposed to be a representative government. The people who are getting representation are not the people doing the voting. It's the people putting the money into the candidates, and that's what needs to stop more than anything. So that's my, my platform. 
Why? Who? What would you have done with this Jim Jordan thing? I I would probably have reached out to maybe some of the other because I'd be an independent as well. I'm an I'm an independent, so I would have reached out to some of the um, more moderate Republicans, maybe five or six, and see if they could have thrown the votes behind Jeffrey. Well, they ain't happening. I'm just saying that's what I but that's what I would have reached out to them. I don't know if there's do I don't know if there's anybody that moderate who's willing to commit political suicide. Uh, because but they if would... they're in a, but if they're but if they're in a district that say Biden won by like you know like there's some New York districts and California districts that were for some minor screw ups, they would not be there. And like there's a district in Alabama that's going to be gotten rid of. One of those Republicans is gone because they cheated and they. You know, they X out an entire section of the black population there. And right. that's now going to be a majority black. So I reach out to one of those people and say, you know, we won't oppose you if you do this. Right. Here, and uh, well, the, on that subject, just because Biden won doesn't mean they're a Democratic district. It could mean that they, you know, they wanted checks and balances in there. And because if I voted for a Democratic president, I'm going to vote for a Republican in Congress just to keep. And I'm not sure if that's a bad strategy or a good strategy, but there is a, that kind of thought process in a lot of active voters that we need. If I vote every midterm seems to go the other way against the president who's in office right now, you see midterm elections generally go against the president, even if people believe right. they're doing a good job. And when I, when, when I was in my youth, that's the way I voted. If I, I if I voted, I, you know, I did. I, I looked for balance because I wanted to be. I wanted there to be intelligent conversations, but that was in my youth when I actually believed in intelligent conversation. Yeah. It's hard to believe, but here's my thing, and this, it's it's so hard for me to uh, articulate. This is, I'm running for a, a, a in a district that elected George Santos. I am of the opinion that they elected George Santos because they are MAGA-friendly district. In other words, most of those people knew that George Santos was a complete MAGA guy in line with Trump, and that's why they elected him. My feeling on this is as much as I am not a MAGA guy, I have to kind of, if I'm preaching this, I I have to represent the constituents. I have to ask them what their real beliefs are. And I am just a, uh, a proxy for them. I am not there to put, you know, push my agenda. I am there to represent the people of that district. And if that's what the people of the district want, I feel like I have to vote that way, even though it goes against my own personal beliefs. What, what's your uh, take on that? Uh, I would like to think that if they, people hear my message, like, for example, I am not a, just just for example, I'm not anti-gun. OK, I'm not anti-gun, but I am. Uncle gun. You're Uncle Gun. Yeah, I'm un- Uncle Gun. <laughs> so but my solution, my solution to the gun violence is that guns would have to be insured just like cars. And the reason being, I know that when part of that is when people are faced with financial decisions, like your gun insurance is going to go up if you don't have a safe. Your gun insurance is going to go up if you know you, you know if you're like got 
shooting target practice in your backyard and it's a residential neighborhood. You know, those people will tighten up on that shit and they won't let their kids sneak out the house with a gun. Because like when I was 16, I couldn't sneak out the house with the car because my mother was concerned about her auto insurance. And so I'm applying that same strategy to guns. Now, I'm assuming that the people who hear me and vote for me would want that as well. Dude, you're making sense. And that it, we won't have any of that. <laughs> when, see, that is, even if I disagreed with you, and I'm not sure I do disagree with you, I think you're, what you said makes a lot of sense. We can't have that conversation. We can't have any conversations that border on, on uh, sensible conversations or uh, not hyperbole and not, you know, you have to start with the position that uh, Democrats want to take away all your guns. And we're, we're, if, if we let that happen, we're going to be um, just like Poland was in in World War Two. They're just going to march yeah, over. See, and that's just it. I'm not a Democrat, so I don't want to take away your gun. Right. I just don't want I your don't gun Democrats taking away really, the life. I know they don't, they plenty, of, plenty of pro-gun Democrats. I know lots of hunters who are Democrats. I know lots of people who are yeah. Democrats who have lots of guns. I don't think that's even a thing. But we, in order to even talk in the House of Representatives or a Senate, you have to start with a position that's that uh, you know, one-sided and and full of hyperbole and all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, your the conversation you want to have is a good one to have, and that's why it won't ever be had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hear I hear you on all that stuff. Uh, but I do think as, as a part of the platform that I am running on is that. You have to listen to the constituents. And so even though I'm running in a very MAGA-friendly district, I would want to have town halls frequently with them. I would invite them to, you know, Zoom calls and have, call in and tell me your, what you want from me uh, and keep that conversation going with your constituents. I don't know. Right. And this is the, the question for anybody out there. Have you ever called your congressman or senator and said uh, what you want them to do. And, and, you know, I don't think most people yeah. are that active or active enough to they elect them and just assume I'm a, I'm a Republican. Now you're going to do what I want because they're a Republican. No, they're going to do what I, the, guy, the guy who put the $30 million in their account. That, that's what they're going to do. Not only, did I, not only did I call my congressmen and my senators, I went to their offices. And if I made an opinion on Facebook, and, and I challenged someone to it, not you know, challenge, but they wanted to challenge me. I said, look, here's the number. Here's our congressman's number. You know, or, you know, so I would post the numbers and invite people to call. So get involved. You know, right. Call those people. They need to hear from you. Because it's not that government doesn't work. It's just not working for you. And that's Ian, because... Ian hits it on perfect here. I, I call my rep and always goes to voicemail. Absolutely true. We did it a couple of times on this program. I called representatives... Uh, or we're doing live calls, and I'll probably do it again, t maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow we have an author on who has written about the stench of uh, politics, and he wants to enforce a code of ethics on the Supreme Court. Court. Now, I saw that Amy uh, ba uh, Coney Barrett, whatever her name is, uh, came out in favor of that yesterday. I was surprised that uh, a code of ethics for the Supreme Court. Uh, people well, that's very broad, though, a code of ethics, but they don't tell you what the ethics are. Right. Like no helmets and no, yeah, no, yeah. no forward passes allowed. Right. Uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the ethics. We, we cannot put pubic hairs on the Coke cans. Okay. 
no bite, no biting the nut, no biting the nut. That's yeah. the code of ethics. Well, you can put a obviously you can put a pubic hair on a coke can. Uh, that's, that's well, not a anymore. That's not, I'm just saying they would rule that out, and Clarence Thomas would be like, "You might as well take away my yacht." <laughs> uh, he, he would retire then. That's it. I'm taking my I'm taking my coke can and going home. <laughs> So we can have this political discussion tomorrow. But, you know, that's where, uh, and I just, I think even if I open that up to the constituents telling me what they want, if in a dream world, let's just dream that Matt Napa wins this race and becomes a congressman. If I open it up to my constituents and say, tell me what you want, most of them wouldn't do it anyway. They just say, nah, who's got time for that? I'm not, and it, it's just, I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. Uh, it's too much work. Whatever the excuse will be, uh, nobody wants to get politically active. We'd rather just complain about how it's not working. That's I, I, I had considered running, I, I was attempting to, um, this is the, quite a few years ago, I wanted to run as an independent. And I was starting to build up a small um, following, three people. No, <laughs> but, uh, because, they're all you know, fans of this program, all three of them. They're they would be now, yeah. The ones that would be live, alive would be now. Uh, and, yeah. and the funny thing is that the person who wanted to run my campaign was a Republican. And some of the other people who wanted to run my campaign were Democrats. And it just they actually just met in the middle of where I was. Wow. You know, but it got to be so laborious and, and they threw so many roadblocks in my way. I was like, I just want the conversation. Right. You know, I just wanted to have the conversation. I, I wanted to be on the bill to have the conversation. You know, the first conversation that you and I were a part of, well, we started just talking to each other, but then the next guest right after you, the first time you were on this program, was that Border Patrol guy. And it got very right. political and heated. But. Oh. I, I, can I talk? Can we come? Can, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, sure. Okay, and and since, especially since Ian is listening, Ian thought that I was very rude to him. Okay, Ian said, "Let him answer the question." And the problem was, he was answer, he was starting to use a fact and then drift off into La La Land and blur things. And he that's why I had to cut him he off. Was, he was putting in a lot of talking points from Fox News, right? And, and, and that's that, why I kept yeah. cutting him off. And so I kept challenging him. So I hooked him up with another radio program. Um, I have a friend who has a radio program. And I got, you know, and I said, he has a book. And I told him about it. And I watched that interview. And the things that I challenged him on, he cleaned up for that interview. It was a totally different interview. And also, he played up his uh, minority roots in that interview. Oh, what what do you mean minority roots? He seemed like the whitest white bread guy I've ever seen. Native American father. He said his father's Native American. Oh, that's an easy. I'm just saying. Claim. That's an easy I'm just claim saying. for white people to make. But I'm just saying, but that, yeah, I'm just saying, but that's but he didn't play that card with you. He played that right. card there, and it was the next interview after he was being challenged. You know, it was the very next interview, and for him to make such a you know such a big matter of fact, I called my friend. And I said that's not the same interview he gave like yesterday. <laughs> that's not the same interview he changed a lot you think it was a reaction to our talk I know it was I know it was Interesting. You know, well I, 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 that yeah. brings me a little bit of satisfaction knowing that we are at least getting people to think about their positions you know what I don't know if he changed his position at all but the fact that he thought about his, his right his approach yeah 
Yes, his approach. He he actually softened it up a little bit. And the weirdest thing is that he was actually that audience. I know was really right wing because I used to write for that audience. I used to. <laughs> Did you see what Carl, <laughs> Carl said? So he's a drunk <laughs> at the casino or a tobacco shop here in a weed place on, on Long Island. Yeah, so that that audience is very very conservative. Because I used to write um, commentary for that for that for that audience. I was the independent voice. Wow. And you know, so I know how conservative they were or are. You know, yeah. and well, he changed his message even for them. I just got one message for you, and we'll wrap this up. Get back out into the garden and dig them bulb holes, man. I, I did I did that section. That's done. And maybe tomorrow, if you're good, I'll take you out to the other patch I need to do. No. Now, let me ask you, what was a bulb? We never even asked you. What were they uh, you were planting? Bulbs for what? Um, what well, we had a serious well failure, and so they had to dig up a lot around our garden. And so half of our garden was gone. And so I was, you know, I had to replant daffodils. Hyacinth. Flowers, not vegetables. That's, that was what I was getting at. So oh, doing... yeah, yeah, yeah. Flowers. Yeah, flowers. Yeah, as a matter of fact, my wife says, um, don't forget to plant the bulbs. So when I went to the store, I said, I'm looking for bulbs to plant. And the lady goes, um, any particular ones? I said, yes, I would like the LED because the condescent <laughs> ones use uh, too much energy. <laughs> And you I, know, said, so any, I said, so if you have any LED um, hyacinth, that would be great. You could tell you, you've never worked in the lighting industry because what people call bulbs are not bulbs. They're, they're lamps. We think of lamps right. as the fixture. Lamps are the actual incandescent, those, those things that light up. Uh, they're not called bulbs. I don't know where light bulbs. Well, they're called bulbs on the box. Oh, sometimes. Oh, they sometimes do. they're called lamps. Those yeah. motherfuckers it's, confusing the yeah. hell out of people. Believe me, you know, it's like when we were growing up, different words have changed meanings. Like, I don't know if you remember that there were two grays, G-R-A-Y and G-R-E-Y. Right. There still are, no? No, they dropped. When you look at crayons now, crayons used to be G-R. Which one did they drop? A-Y? Because I see E-Y still written. I, uh, right. I, I think they I dropped the A-Y. And, wow. and, but what, because it, but those on, and I, when I first noticed, I noticed it on the crayons that I bought for my stepdaughter. I said, what the fuck is this? I said, they, they called, they said, this, this is not right. And I told her, I said, this is not how you spell gray, baby. Gray is G-R-A-Y. So I don't know if they were, if it was like a misspelling in those crayons. And maybe gray they and, corrected it. Gray and that. gray are both common spellings of the color between black and white. Gray is more frequent, G-R-A-Y is more frequent in American English, whereas G-R-E-Y is more common in British English. Uh, the varying use of both yeah. gray and gray extend to specialized terms such as animal species, gray, gray whale, or scientific terms, gray, gray matter, or uh, hair color, a touch of gray. Uh, so I, I think they're still using both, but they're, I think Carl can use G-R-E-Y and we have to use G-R-A-Y. Oh, oh, so it's like I can say gray, but you can't say gray. Right, right. That's exactly what it is. We, we've come to a place where it, your uh, ethnicity and your background determines which words you can use and which words you can't use. That's, that's where we are in society. Anyway, we can have a political uh, discussion before your buddy Ron Kane comes on tomorrow. Uh, he'll be here at 10.15, unless he's a no-show like Corey Rosen was today, Dirty Rotten No-Show. Uh, uh, 
But uh, in the morning, Joe Russomano, who is an author of Political Nature, will be our first guest. I'm interested in talking about this because I don't, I can't tell this guy's bias. He seems to be uh, like me, an independent who just is tired of the the lack of uh, production, the lack of anything uh, productive in our political discourse and it all comes down to party games and like it could be it might as well be football teams that we're rooting for cheerleaders on both sides and i hate that shit so that'll be tomorrow's show look forward to how it. could you hate cheerleaders no nah, i don't lie i love cheerleaders. <laughs> i i think you know, that's one of my fucking kinks is fucking cheerleaders i mean uh fucking i, I think in a uh, texas a&u uh, A&M, Texas A&M cheerleaders oh, drove me crazy one. I was at uh, Texas Tech and they were playing Texas A&M and I was sitting right in front of the Texas cheerleaders and every time the skirts went up I was like ready to fuck and they had to like it was restrain me like I was barking <laughs> uh, uh, I, I have a strong kink for, for cheerleaders absolutely I mean something about a girl in a cheerleader outfit uh, will get me all horny as a fucking mutt Anyway, I'm not, I, yeah. I used to have a uh, bit in my, like actually on my, my very first DVD. It was about um, fantasy football, but in my league, we didn't follow the players. We followed the players' wives. Ah. So that, was all, so that, was, so that was my routine about fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm all yeah. for that. I will sign me up. I want to, well, you, you, I'll hopefully there'll be playing cards so I can choose the wives <laughs> carefully. But, yeah, uh, so yeah. It, we had that the fantasy football wise, and then in my bit, they we upgraded it so that you can include um babies, mamas, and uh some other group of um you know women that aren't actually wise. You, 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 this is all Mistresses. very hetero, heterocentric, uh, though. You didn't talk about the football players who have boyfriends or husbands. Well, or... that's only because I didn't think about that and probably because most gay football players don't come out of the closet until after they've retired so uh, you don't that, know they have in the past anyway yeah in the past i think it's more common today well, I yes I, at most most I, yeah i saw something on uh on twitter this morning with tight ends a guy like looking like it was two guys two football uniforms and the guy was definitely hugging a guy's ass pretty hard and the tight end uh type of deal so uh before this degrades much further and i start getting homo hate mail homo hate mail uh i told will we were wrapping it up 25 minutes ago and we're still here and he had to pee but he had to pee he's probably still pissing he probably is uh i gotta run anyway i gotta get i gotta get dressed up and go for an interview Uh, i'll I'll see you tomorrow bye all right good luck with the interview and we'll hear about it tomorrow all right see you later yeah bye all right, I got to run. Uh, a few more comments in there. Uh, time to go. Time to go. Uh, I want to tell you to turn on your radio if I could only find the right button. I'm just, I'm all, there's too much shit in the back end here. That's right. Uh, tomorrow, Joe Rosamano and uh, Ron Kane. And that'll be the show. Tune in then. I'm Matt Napple for Coffee with Doug. Don't forget to turn on your radio.
me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.